Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. My name is Thomas Bendit, manager of BT Powerhouse, host as always. It is Saturday, May 21st, getting close to to June here. Uh, May's flying by, so it's been a... uh, (laughs) been a fun month for for myself certainly for college basketball fans and um starting to get to the money time here in the the uh the nba playoffs and and really starting to get into the meat of the the nba draft process as well <clears throat> excuse me with the uh the combine last weekend um and you know some of those decisions are finally starting to to settle out now with the new nba draft rules but um like i said uh, today, today's going to be a bit of a, a briefer podcast than we've had the last couple of times, which may be good or bad news, depending on who you are. Um, we're going to hit on some of the NBA draft decisions that have come down for the Big Ten this week, kind of what it means, uh, what we think of them. And as well, I, I, I tried to count them real quick before I came on, but I think there are still four guys who are in the limbo uh, where they've declared, but they haven't hired an agent um, in the Big Ten. So we'll hit on those real quick. I know we've talked about them in, in depth a couple of times, but um, just hit on those real quick. And then um, a couple big announcements around the Big Ten. Uh, you know, Mike Thorne's coming back for Illinois. He's getting another year of eligibility. And then uh, two big commitments earlier this week for Nebraska and for Wisconsin. So I wanted to touch on those briefly. But um yeah, a lot of action on the recruiting trail. Uh, it's continuing, you know, a lot of offers. The 2017 class starting to to shake out. It'll it'll be a while before a lot of those big-name guys commit, obviously, but, but some of it is starting to settle out. Um, the transfer battles have continued. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to see a little more of those once these NBA draft – once these NBA draft decisions settle out for – you know, and I'm speaking nationally um, – once these NBA draft decisions settle out, I, I think you're going to kind of see a snowball effect where, um, you know, a perfect example, you know, Maryland, uh, I'll talk about this later, but, you know, they have Mel Trimble, um, Indiana as well. You know, they have James Blackman, Troy Williams still hanging out there. Those guys end up going to the NBA, which, um, you know, as I said, we'll touch on a little bit later, but they end up going to the NBA. Suddenly, you know, you got more scholarships opening up. Uh, you know, you have big name programs out there on the hunt, uh, you know, they'll, they'll start getting some guys and then other schools will have to get guys. And it, it's kind of a snowball effect, but I think there's at least one more sort of cycle here. We're going to see in the transfer madness um, coming up in the next couple of weeks. But well, again, we'll, we'll see how that plays out um, as well. Before we get into the NBA draft, and, and chatter here. Um, I did want to throw out one thing. Um, the podcast has been killing it lately in terms of listens and uh, views and uh, just activity. Um, and just wanted to throw out a thank you to everyone who, who comes on here and joins the podcast and um, has been listening. Uh, it, you know, it, it's really been doing well. I'm really proud of it. You know, this is 
kind of been a developing process. Um, so thanks again to everyone who uh, consistently listens to us. We appreciate it. We're going to, as I said, we're going to try to get this as regularly posted as possible. Um, in the off season where there's not as much action, there probably will be some time off. But um, yeah, so thanks again. Um, but with that, hopefully we can uh, jump into some of this this NBA draft chatter. Um, we're going to have one of our our newer writers uh, joining us here shortly. Excited to get uh, Ryan on here to chat about these decisions. But I think, um, you know, overall, I, I guess my big my bigger takeaway earlier this week is, uh, you know, most of these decisions we kind of anticipated were going to play out well for the Big Ten, at least fans of the conference, I guess, um, <laughs> uh, you know, how long-term, how, what it means, how it plays out is kind of difficult to anticipate, but so far they have been, uh, shaking out relatively well for the conference's strength. Um, and three guys announced they're, they're coming back. Um, so to help us break it down, we have, uh, Ryan on, um, Ryan, how's it going? Not bad, Thomas. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Excited to have you on. Uh, what are you up to on this Saturday? Uh, well, I'm actually just finishing a piece for uh, BT Powerhouse on uh, Michigan recruiting, actually. So uh, I thought I'd take a break away from that and uh, hop <laughs> on the uh, the podcast with you today. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. I'll I'll be interested to check that out. Um, but uh, yeah, the the big topic right now around the Big Ten are these NBA draft decisions. The kind of the guys in limbo or whatever you want to call it here. Um, but the big 10 gets three of them back. Um, they get Corey Sanders back. Um, they get uh, Trevor Thompson, Trevor Thompson back, excuse me. Um, as well, they get Jock back uh, for Iowa. So I wanted to hit on some of these uh, your thoughts on what each one of these means, um, whether you think they well, um, so we'll, we'll start with the big one. Uh, Peter Jock, uh, announced that he was returning to Iowa, not a incredibly surprising decision, but a huge one for Iowa. Um, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, you know what, like I said, like you said, it doesn't really surprise anyone that Jock came back. Uh, he wasn't even invited to the, uh, to the combine. Um, you know, there's, there's the 70 players that are invited. He didn't make, make the cut. Um, so it wasn't like a huge surprise, but I think for Iowa, um, it goes without saying this is a big get and a big return for Iowa. Uh, Jock averaged, I think it was something like 16 points last year, um, and he wasn't even really their main scorer with Utah there. So this is, um, I guess, in, in his senior season, it'll finally be his chance to uh, you know kind of be the man uh, for the Hawkeyes. And, uh, I mean, you could see his stats – uh, increase because the offense will most definitely throw, flow through him. Um, but teams could also uh, be game planning for him and know that he's the main cog you have to shut down rather than focusing on Utah. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh, for the Hawkeyes next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's hard to describe how big of a <laughs> how big of a development this is for Iowa. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to look this up right now. Okay, yeah. Uh, he was he was second team All Big Ten last year. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I, I thought he kind of got shafted on that. I thought he was an All Big Ten player. Um, I, I suppose that's up for debate, and you know people can get into the specifics. But um, four of the first team guys are all were all seniors. They're all gone. 
the only potential guy hanging out there is Nigel Hayes, who we'll get into here in a little bit. Um, but, you know, realistically, you're talking about, you know, depending on how you view him, the fifth or sixth best, sixth, uh, best player in the Big Ten last year, at least statistically and according to these voters. Um, and he's coming back. Uh, you know, Iowa, they're losing a ton this offseason. You know, there's no way around it. Um, you know, I've written a couple times. I, I think their front court is going to be a little bit better than people think. Uh, they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of guys who have at least shown that they're quality players. But without Jock, uh, they were going to be in some tough waters. Uh, so to get him back and, you know, they, ha- they don't have a scorer who's anywhere close to him, um, at least proven on the roster, I should say. So that's, you know, getting him back is huge. I think it keeps them in the NCAA tournament conversation. Um, I don't think unless someone else really steps up, they're going to be in that top part of the Big Ten. Um, but, you know, if you have a, a potential Big Ten player of the year on your team, you're certainly in the conversation. So uh, huge news for Iowa, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can live up to the expectations next year. Um, but, but moving on from, uh, from Jock over to uh, Columbus, um, Trevor Thompson announced he was returning to Ohio State. This is <laughs> a zero out of 10 on the surprise scale. Um, it kind of shocking to even declare, to be honest. But um, he did, and he announced he's coming back. Um, what were your takeaways on this one? Yeah, absolutely not a surprise to anyone. Um, I mean, ultimately on the rule itself where guys are going and coming back, it's great, and it, 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 it's really great for a guy like Trevor Thompson who nobody thought he would declare. If this rule wasn't in place, there's a 0% chance he declares. It would just be foolish for him to declare for the draft. But he can go, he got his feedback, and he knows what he needs to do to get to the point because he wants to be an NBA player. And this is a guy who has NBA potential. It's just not right now. He's just not an NBA player yet. Um, he didn't get a huge workload last year. Um, you know, he split time. He only played 18 minutes a game. Um, but with Daniel Gideon's transfer or Daniel Gideon, sorry, transferring to Alabama, um, Thompson coming back is going to be huge for the Buckeyes. I, I agree. You know, you know, first off, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, if, if Thompson can turn himself into a draft pick, I, you know, I certainly don't think he can turn himself into a first round pick by next year. Um, but you know, if he has a good season, you know, like you said, he, I could see him sneaking into the second round. You know, he has the raw size, certainly, to play in the NBA. It's just about, you know, if he can kind of get the consistency, uh, certainly on the offensive end. Um, but, yeah, with, with Giddens transferring, Ohio State desperately needed him to return. Um, they get him back. Still a lot of questions about whether Ohio State can kind of put it together. You know, they lost a lot, uh, surprisingly. You know, they weren't expected to, and, and suddenly they had to sort of rebuild the bench. Um, but Thompson's going to be a big part of their, their dynamic next year. He's, he's going to have to play a lot of minutes, so it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of uh, step up with that, that additional workload. Um, but moving on here to the, the last guy uh, who announced he was coming back, uh, that's Corey Sanders for Rutgers. Um, certainly the Scarlet Knights didn't have a great season last year, but Sanders was one of the bright spots. Um, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Sanders really was the only thing really to go right for Rutgers basketball last year, it seemed. Uh, almost 16 points a game. Um, and as as a freshman, it was kind of, once again, it was a, another guy that you really didn't expect to go to the draft, wasn't really profiling. 
um, as a, uh, a top pick. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people expected him uh, to come back, but it, it, it's once again, all three of these guys um, are big gets and big returns for their programs. And um, it, Sanders, especially just because um, it's, that that Rutgers team is looking really bleak, and um, they're really trying to uh, be, become contenders in the Big Ten. They're kind of newer to the Big Ten, um, and this is a this is definitely going to help Rutgers out. Definitely, in no way hurts them at all. Oh yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, this is a uh, uh, Rutgers was in an extremely bad place uh, at the end of last season. You know, I don't need to remind any you know Rutgers fans about this um, or anyone else around the Big Ten. Um, but Sanders was one of the bright spots where you could see, you know, you looked at him and you were like, yeah, you know, if they get a couple guys around him, they can have a decent team. Uh, and, and he's a star quality player. Um, I don't know if he's a, you know, big 10 player of the year type of contender, uh, you know, certainly not oh, unless not, Rutgers but... uh, gets better, but yeah, he's a, uh, he's certainly a good enough to be a, a quote unquote star player, in my opinion. Um, yeah, absolutely not. I don't think he's a big 10 player of the year, but I, he's definitely a guy who can contend for uh you know, all uh, all the all Big Ten team, uh, first or second team, um, just because he is really the main cog, the guy who Rutgers offense goes through. Um, he he feeds guys. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he has great court vision, and he he has uh, you know he's easily Rutgers best score. So he's going to put up numbers. There's there's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. And just because of that, he he's definitely a contender for you know to make an all Big Ten team. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. You know, he, he's really good in transition and he, he's a good balance. Like he takes a ton of shots just because it's Rutgers. Um, well, I think he, that's he's his... really the only one that you really feel comfortable <laughs> shooting on that team. I mean, if you really look at it. Yep. Oh, I, I agree. You know, I don't blame him for it, but I think that that's his only Achilles heel right now is the fact that he's not that efficient because he just has to do so much. Um, so if you can get some guys around him, um, just some quality, decent guys. They don't have to be, you know, all Big Ten guys. Um, that's that's a good piece to build around. Um, I don't have any inside info on this, but I personally, I'd be willing to bet that part of his decision, why he declared um, and did the limbo, was just to see who the new head coach was going to be. Um, you know, Eddie Jordan did a great job getting him in there, um, and I certainly would expect that he wanted to see who the new head coach was. Um, so certainly that's a, that's a big... Uh, landing for uh, Steve Peekle, um, and we'll see what they can they can do with it next year um, and if they can get anyone around him. Um, but before before we jump into some of the other news around the conference, I did want to hit briefly on um, some of the players who are still in limbo. Um, we're expecting these decisions to come out in the next week, week and a half or so. I forget what the deadline is. Um, it's coming up here shortly. But um, uh, for Indiana, James Blackman, Troy Williams – uh, Andrew White for Nebraska, Melo Trimble for Maryland, uh, Nigel Hayes for Wisconsin. Um, Ryan, do you have any thoughts on any of these? And spe- specifically, um, I know we've touched on them on the podcast before. Um, just any takeaways on any of these coming into this last week or so? Um, yeah, I think if you had to pinpoint some guys that were coming, that I would predict coming back, and once again with no inside information whatsoever, um, I would I would predict that Hayes will be back for senior season. Um, just because uh, inconsistency, inconsistency issues, I would say, and I know Wisconsin fans know about this. Um, you know, he was a guy who could disappear for stretches on the floor um, and then would come out and be dominant um, for stretches on the floor, and I think a lot of NBA teams want to see that 
kind of refined and retooled and just a little more consistency out of him. And that, I think that would be um, a good uh, – a senior season would be a good way to develop that rather than hiding him somewhere in the D league um, and having him be a late first round or, you know, top second – or uh, front, front end of the second round pick. Um, so I would predict um, him to be a guy that would just come back. And if he does, not only is that a insane return for Wisconsin and totally changes the outlook of their team, uh, but he would definitely be a front runner along with Peter Jock for Big Ten Player of the Year. Um, Melo mm-hmm. Trimble's the other guy that you that you kind of spoke on there. Um, Trim, Trimble's a guy that I thought last year would have been a good year for him to declare. Um, I kind of saw his stock go down a bit, personally, in my opinion, over the last year. But with him, it's kind of a, a 50-50 shot. Obviously, we don't have any a ton of inside information on what what scouts are telling him, uh, how GMs are, are, are looking at him, and where he's projected to go. But he's definitely a guy that could come, if he comes back, um, with Maryland losing so much, I mean, they're probably going to lose Diamond Stone. Um, Trimble would really help that Maryland uh, program stay relevant for another year and contend for the Big Ten tournament. Um, yeah, as far as Trimble and Maryland goes, um, yeah, I mean, Maryland's already lost four starters, you know, with mm-hmm. Stone and Carter already getting agents. Uh, you know, Suleiman and Lehman were both seniors, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But he, you know, uh, we had a podcast, I, I want to say last week, we had uh, Andrew Emeron from Tocito Times, which is uh, SB Nation's Maryland site, and we kind of talked about, you know, how big is this decision? And, uh, you know, it, this, Trimble, you know, I don't want to get too hyperbolic here about his decision, but if he goes to the NBA, this is genuinely one of those things that could, I don't want to say derail Maryland because they're still in a really good spot, but... Um, it could really put them back because, I mean, you're talking about last year, they kind of underachieved. Um, without Trimble, you know, they're going to be lucky to make the tournament, at least in my opinion. Um, and, you know, they are setting up to have a, a stellar 2017 recruiting class. But, you know, you have to land the guys. And, you know, if they're seeing a team kind of go off the rails, uh, that's certainly going to hurt. You know, it's not going to help. Um, so that huge decision um, – and he's one of those guys where I'm legitimately complete 50-50. I could see the advantages of him coming back, putting up mega numbers, you know, getting back in the tournament, um, or, you know, just saying, you know, there just is not going to be that much around me. You know, maybe I should just jump to the NBA. Um, as far as Hayes goes, um, I'm with you. I, I think he's going to come back. Um, and, frankly, I think he should come back. I think he's going to have a massive year with the way Wisconsin's team is, is setting up. Um, I know he kind of had a rough end of the year, but, um, you know, Wisconsin's looking like a final four contender, uh, certainly with him in the, on the lineup. So that, that'd be a huge boost. Um, on the other three, uh, Blackman, Andrew White there, I would be shocked if either of those guys actually stays in the draft. Um, I don't really think either will get drafted. So I, I, I just don't understand the logic at that point. Um, Troy Williams, that yeah, that that's another one where I, I think it's really hard to tell at this point. Uh, you can see arguments both ways. Uh, personally, I I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want I don't want to make a guess because I I'm just I'm so unsure on that one. I, I don't really have a gut feel at all. But um, but either way, some huge decisions here. Uh, you know, a, a lot riding for Indiana. You know, two huge decisions. Uh, you know a couple of the other potential contenders like Wisconsin waiting on decisions. So uh, 
a lot, a lot to watch uh, <laughs> as far as the NBA draft is concerned. But um, absolutely. But moving on, yep. Uh, but moving on from that into the the one big, I guess, roster announcement this week. Uh, Mike Thorne Jr., uh, Illinois big man. The, the NCAA announced that he was getting a sixth year of eligibility. Uh, huge news for Illinois. Um, Ryan, what what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is really huge news for Illinois, and both literally and figuratively, because uh, Thornton <laughs> Jr. is a big, big boy. Um, this is this is a guy who's gonna come in, and he, I mean, he is going to rebound the basketball. It's it's just inevitable. Um, other other, the only thing that uh, you have to worry about um, if you're Illinois is a guy coming back from an injury. But I mean, he's just, I mean, it's it's gonna be his sixth year in NCAA basketball after uh, after suffering the injury last year. I mean, with all the transfers that the Big Ten has seen um, this year, and, and, you know, the list goes on and on, there's going to be a lot of young players playing in the Big Ten. I mean, it's just inevitable. Um, a lot of freshmen are going to have to step up. Step up. Um, you know, we haven't seen an abundance of grad transfers. You know, we've, we've seen some, but um, a lot of these guys that are transferring out, their spots are going to have to be filled by um, rather inexperienced players. And this, I mean, Thornton is really just going to be a man amongst boys uh, at Illinois. This is a guy who averaged uh, like 13 and nine, something around that, 13 and eight um, in eight games last season, and had uh, I think you know already a couple double doubles before he got hurt for Illinois. Um, so uh, the Fighting Illini fans really haven't seen truly what this guy can do after transferring there, but I think they're really going to be impressed with his ability. Yeah, I mean, you know, the first thing, just from a player perspective, um, I know there's a little bit of uh, uncertainty around Thorne, you know, transferring in from Charlotte. You kind of never know how the mid-major guys are going to fit into, you know, a major conference like the Big Ten. Um, But he is a skilled guy. He's a scoring big man. He is really good on the boards. Um, You know, his defensive rebounding rate was like 31 last year. I know it very limited time. Um, but no one on Illinois' roster was even close to that. Um, again, limited sample size, but, but the point still stands. Um, he, he's just something that Illinois does not have in anyone else on their team. Um, I know Michael Finke, you know, sh- showed some signs last year. I know Maverick Morgan did all right. Um, you know, and he had he, – he was all right on the boards, but, you know, there is no combination of scoring and rebounding on Illinois' roster, even close to Thorne. Um, so just from that perspective, to insert a guy like that into your lineup is huge. Um, and then you add in, you know, it's common sense, but, you know, Finky and Morgan now get to take the backup minutes. You know, they're instead of 40 minutes, they're talking, you know, uh, between the two, you know, you're talking about 10 to 20 a night, um, which I think those guys can absolutely handle and do pretty well in. Um, you know, Finky had his spurts. Uh, he's really good when he first came in. I, I think he's a guy who can create his own shot here and there. Um, and, you know, Morgan, consistent, uh, you know, senior player. So I think this is a huge boost to Illinois' front court. Um, and, and as well, it, it's really a big boost to the team. Um, and, you know, I, I, I keep looking at Illinois' lineup. Um, it, it's looking pretty impressive. I know it's really unproven. You know, Illinois really hasn't done anything. And I, two, three, three years now, I, I want to say. Um, but, you know, you got Malcolm Hill, you got uh, Mike Thorne in the front court, 
you got Coleman Lands and Nunn on the sort of the wing, and then you should be getting Tracy Abrams back at point guard um, from injury again. <laughs> and um, uh, Jalen Tate as well. Um, I, I wanted to mention this. Uh, his case got dismissed, um, and he's been reinstated to the team, so you have a little extra stability at the point guard position as well. Um, the lineups, the lineups, starting to look pretty, pretty solid. Um, are you starting to feel like this could be a year where, uh, where Illinois kind of turns it around? I mean, you you have to think so. I mean, it's it's fighting Illinois fans have really been waiting for this, and th- this Thorn announcement is really big for them just because of all the trouble they had in the off season. I mean, if just look at the at the rebounding abilities of Thorn. Two of the top rebounders last year for the Illini were Malcolm Hill and Kendrick Nunn. Um, and Kendrick Nunn pleaded uh, he, he was pleaded guilty guilty to battery in the off season. So um, you know you're still kind of waiting to hear what's going to happen with him. Um, if he's going to be there for the start of the season, you don't know mm-hmm. if any if anything is going to happen to him. Um, you know they might, the NCAA may just let him play. The Illini may just let him play. Um, and also, uh, Leron Black is going to be serving uh, a suspension um, for mm-hmm. off season troubles that he had, and he was hurt all last year, but that's a six foot seven player who could be big on the boards, who could play, you know, who's going to play the wing. And at, when he comes back from suspension, coming off an injury, uh, you know, that, that's another player who's going to contribute. So every, all these guys who weren't able to contribute last year, the addition of Thorne putting him right there in the middle is really going to help these guys um, just as a team. This could be an Illini team, especially like you said, with Maryland losing so many players, um, with Purdue losing uh, a couple big men, um, that th- this could be a year that you could see the Illini start to compete in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I, um, I I I agree. You know, it, it's one of those things where it's it's weird. You know, I I kind of feel like Illinois is in a similar spot to like Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, not as much uh, at least a couple weeks ago. You know, when Michigan, Ohio State before they had all these transfers, um, but these teams that are like, they're returning everything, but at the same time, you're like, well, you know, what, what are they returning? You know, every, mm-hmm. every, like everything looks nice individually, but you know, what, what Illinois really needs in my opinion, you know, first off, stop getting in trouble off the court. Um, you know, whether you want to call it an epidemic or, you know, whatever, that's up for debate. I won't get into that, but you know, they've had a lot of guys getting into trouble the last couple of years, you know, even dating back to Ravante Rice and guys like that. Um, you know, I, I just wrote an article a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, that probably cost them an NCAA tournament appearance a couple of years ago. They're off the court trouble. Um, but, you know, they need to avoid that. They need to avoid injuries because there's absolutely no reason if all these players play, you know, during all of Big Ten play, or at least the vast majority of them. This is absolutely a tournament team. It's absolutely a top in terms of talent on the roster. I mean, you know, Thorne would start on more than half of the Big Ten teams up front, like 100%. Malcolm Hill is a legitimate star. Kendrick Nunn is a scoring machine. Coleman Lands, you know, fresh, one of the best freshmen in the Big Ten last year. Um, there's plenty of talent. It's just, are they actually going to put it together? And, you know, Hill, you know, to me, I put a, a little, there's got to be pressure on Hill. You know, you need to, instead of being an honorable mention, you know, what was he last year? Um, like honorable mention type of big, te- oh, he was second team. Okay. 
Um, you know, he's got to get into that first team type of group. Um, you know, if you need a, you need it, him to take that next step. Um, you know, great player, but you know, you need him to become the legitimate star of the team and you need uh, guys to stop getting in trouble, stop getting injured, <laughs> which teachers haven't done, but um, certainly a lot of talent and, and something to watch here over the off season uh, as Illinois is kind of building a, uh, a pretty impressive roster roster overall. But, um, Absolutely, and, before, and even like t- tournament appearances are nothing to. Those are small victories for a program like yeah. Illinois, who's trying to, you know, recruit the state of Illinois and get some of these uh, talented players out of, uh, you know, places like Chicago and highly populated areas. I mean, tournament tournament appearances and uh, Big Ten Big Ten tournament victories and NCAA tournament victories are small things that recruits are going to look at and say, hey, this is a program that's going in the right direction. So, I mean, really putting an emphasis on staying out of trouble. Because, like you said, that could have cost them um, an NCAA tournament appearance uh, years, you know, a couple years ago. That, you know, that's something that, you know, looking at this recruiting class or recruiting classes coming up or recruiting classes that had just passed, uh, recruits may be looking at that and saying, like, you know, why would I want to go to this team who hasn't, you know, who lost out on, uh, lost out on a tournament appearance and has all these guys getting in trouble when I can go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say gross would be on the hot seat right now if they had made that tournament um, instead of the NIT, but you know, it, it certainly wouldn't have hurt that. <laughs> that's for no, sure. absolutely and, not. And you, you know, we all, we all talk about this, but you never know what's going to happen once you get into the tournament. I mean, mm-hmm. Illinois, Illinois gets in, maybe they're a low seat, maybe they win a game, maybe, you know, someone else gets upset. Somehow they end up in the sweet 16, you know, Crazier things have happened, without a doubt. So, I mean, it, it, it's kind of those snowball effects where, you know, one little thing really can add up when you're trying to get the, get the thing going. But um, they, have, they have the talent. They have the depth right now. It, it's just going to be about kind of putting those question marks into place and, and seeing what they can do on the court. Um, before we get into the last couple of recruiting notes here, um, I did miss two guys in our NBA draft limbo talk. Um, Vince Edwards and Caleb Swanigan for Purdue. Um, no idea why I forgot about them, but <laughs> um, key players for the Boilermakers, uh, both have not stated whether they're coming back or going pro at this point. Um, any thoughts on these two? Yeah, I mean, personally, just looking at Swanigan for sure. Swanigan, I, I think, is almost a lock to go. I mean, it would, it would be crazy to see him not go, but he was the guy who – he committed from Michigan State because he wanted to go to a team that would let him play power forward, and you almost have to think that's that 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 reasoning was to to showcase to NBA scouts his versatility. Um, so you know he went to a team in Purdue who already had two big mans in Haas and Hammonds, um, and was really that third um, elite level big man in in the middle of that in that lineup, and and played the four you know somewhat, and uh, I, you know I really think that he spent this season almost highlighting himself for NBA scouts. I think he's almost a lock to go in my opinion. Um, yeah. I, I think the thing with Swanigan is I, I think at this point, it's basically going to be about if a team tells him they're going to draft him, he's going to go. If he doesn't think he's going to get drafted, I think he'll come back. That's what I think it's going to come down to. Cause to me, it's patently obvious at this point that he wants to go. He absolutely wants to go because uh, at least in the draft projections, it would make no sense otherwise why he's still in this <laughs> limbo process. But um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think he just he wants a guarantee. Um, 
I, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to guess whether an NBA team is going to do it. Um, I would have my own hesitations if I was an NBA team. But, um, you know, if, if he gets a promise, I think he's going to go. Um, if he doesn't, uh, I think he's going to be back uh, in West Lafayette next year. As far as Vince Edwards goes, I highly, highly anticipate he will be back, similar to the Blackman and Andrew White ones. Um, I think he's just figuring out what he needs to work on uh, for next year. But um, but with that, jumping into the, the last couple of notes here, um, the Big Ten picked up two commitments uh, earlier this week, week and a half or so. Um, the first one, Nebraska picks up. I'm, I'm going to butcher this name, so uh, if anyone wants <laughs> Come to throw on, out the can, pronunciation. Canadian. you got to get it from me, the Canadian. Come on. Oh, man. Maybe you should try this. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like Jordy uh, Tishamanga. Uh, I don't know. Works Sounds for me. Correct. Um, yeah, it works for me. <laughs> regardless, um, 6'10", big man. He's like 250, 260. Um, really, really nice low post moves. Um, he, he definitely needs to, you know, work on his conditioning a little bit, in my opinion, um, take that next step. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how he defends, but he has the size to block shots, and he's going to be able to create offense in the low post. Um, we'll see about sort of the more nuanced parts of his game, but I absolutely think this is a big pickup uh, for Nebraska, uh, and he brings something to their team that, frankly, they don't have at this point. Um, you have any thoughts on him? Yeah, like like you said, I totally agree with what you said. Definitely needs to work on his conditioning, but he's, you know, he's a big body. You can't teach, uh, you, you know, you can't teach size. I mean, that's the old the, the adage here. Um, you know, de- definitely looks like he's a, a strong player. I mean, obviously we've never seen him play um, in person, but just from watching his tape, he looks like he's a a strong player. And you just got to see how he adjusts to playing uh, against a, in a very physical style Big Ten basketball. I mean, it's no surprise. Or it's it's no secret, sorry, that the the Big Ten is is a physical uh, conference. Uh, there's a lot of good big men that are going to be back, uh, you know, that are have been come through the Big Ten and still are in the Big Ten. I mean, you look at a guy like uh, we're talking about Nigel Hayes coming back. We look at guys like Isaac Haas, uh, Caleb Swanigan, and Paul's coming back. I mean, these are all NBA players that he's going to have to, or uh, that are that have come through the Big Ten. That uh, you know, th- these are the type of guys that he's going to be competing against. Um, not, it's not like Nebraska is um, this national powerhouse. You know, they're not going to be getting a lot of five-star centers, but this is a very nice ad for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the nice thing they're going to have is because Nebraska has Jacobson coming back, he's really mm-hmm. going to just – it's almost like – you know, people talk about this in football a lot, you know, sort of the running – for running backs where it's, you know, you have thunder and lightning. You know, have, you have the big, beastie guy, and then you have sort of the quick guy. Um <laughs> I think that'll be kind of a nice dynamic for Nebraska next year, you know, where you have Jacobson come in. He's sort of the more nifty, uh, you know, he's only six, eight, he's not gigantic. Uh, and then, and then, you know, you're going to have, uh, again, I'm just going to push for the same, uh, <laughs> just a manga coming in. Uh, so please someone send me the pronunciation on Twitter, please. Um, you know, you're going to have him coming in kind of pounding it inside, uh, backing people down. Uh, and if he can defend well, um, He's going to take minutes from uh, Jacobson. Uh, I think Jacobson's a nice guy. Like he's a solid player, um, but he, you know, Tishamanga can do things that he just can't do, and that's because of the size. That's because of the lower body strength. Um, but we'll see kind of how that how it shakes out. Either way, you know, they have. Uh, I think it's a better common. You know, Hammond was a solid player last year, uh, early on. 
but he kind of faded. And I, I think this is a better combo for Nebraska next year. Um, either way, I, I think it's a nice pickup for them. Certainly a, a nice late ad. Uh, you know, there were some other big schools on him. I know Minnesota was cr- recruiting him hard. So that'll be, uh, it's hard not to at least feel good about, uh, you know, out recruiting a, a Big Ten rival there. Um, but moving into the other commitment here, probably the more nationally notable one, um, Nathan Rubers commits to Wisconsin. Um, pretty pretty big prospect. Um, I'm trying to see what he's uh, – well, he didn't have a lot of ratings, so to speak, but his offer list implies that he was a relatively big prospect. Um, recruited by most of the local schools. He's been offered by Minnesota, Clemson, Illinois, um, Oh, I guess he wasn't offered by <laughs> a couple of schools. Uh, but, um, uh, oh, yeah, 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 he was. Never mind. Just ignore everything I've been saying. Yeah, offered by a lot of the local schools. You know, offered by Marquette, um, offered by Northwestern. Um, comes in uh, skilled skilled forward. Um, and, you know, Wisconsin needed a, a forward in this class. Um, and that's because the way the forwards kind of space out, they had, I want to say, what, four come in last year as freshmen. Uh, they'll be sophomores this year. And, and when he, Rubers gets there, they'll all be juniors. So they kind of needed a good depth option. Uh, you know, he's 6'10". He's got the size. Um, I think it's overall a, a pretty big pickup. Uh, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, you know, he's uh, watched some tape on him uh, for, or, uh, after the uh, I heard about the commitment. Yeah, definitely, like, you, you were going through the list. Like, he, he, he did have interest, even – like the schools that didn't offer him, like Notre Dame, I know had interest in him, didn't mm-hmm. offer. Uh, Virginia had uh, interest, didn't offer. So th- those are some bigger names of teams that were looking at him um, and just didn't pull the trigger. Uh, and you know, he, like you said, he his his big asset is his versatility. So yeah, he's like you know six nine, six ten, um, but he, he he can shoot, which is good. Like Wisconsin. Their their prime years, their final four, their national championship runs were with a very familiar big man who could shoot. Maybe you've heard of him, uh, Frank something. Um, you know, so I'm not saying that this guy is Frank Kaminsky 2.0, but uh, he, you know he's at, he he seems to have some sort of athleticism, uh, can step outside a little bit, and, and can can shoot the rock. Uh, doesn't look like he has a ton of developed post moves, which he's gonna need if he wants to play. Uh, the five or the four in the Big Ten. But, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's definitely a good add for Wisconsin. Um, and just even if just looking on the surface, just looking at some of the teams who had interest in the guy, um, you, you know that if these guys, if these schools are interested in him, schools like Virginia, um, like, uh, you know, uh, North Carolina State, uh, Notre Dame, these these schools aren't dumb schools. You know, they, they, they know a good prospect when they see it. So uh, Wisconsin fans should definitely be happy with this add-in uh, for the 2017 class. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the beautiful thing and very typical of Wisconsin is that he will probably get to like redshirt or sit on the you know come yeah, off the absolutely. bench for a year or two, um, just <laughs> yeah, because they have all these yeah they have all these great guys in front of them. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, Ethan Happ is already sort of getting a little some rumblings for next year. You know, we'll see. Uh, what happens with him down the line and, and guys, uh, you know, like Iverson and, uh, okay, and, you know, we'll, we'll have to play out, you know, this is years, years ahead. Um, but I think he's a big, 
big addition. Um, and you know, Wisconsin's bringing in a pretty good class now. They already got Kobe King in the in the backcourt. Um, I know he's. I think he went through an injury recently. He's he's still recovering from that, but two big ads. Um, we'll see. They still have a couple of spots left in 17. Um, not sure if they're going to – I know they've been – you know, Bo Ryan had this kind of policy where he really didn't, you know, go after transfers very much. Um, but it looks like uh, Greg Gard does not have that policy. So maybe they'll bring in a transfer or two to fill those spots. But um, they, they are recruiting a couple other guys, so we'll have to see. But uh, – but overall, yeah, the action still continues in, across the Big Ten. Um, Ryan, any final thoughts here before we uh, we cut you loose? Uh, no, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I thought it, thought it went uh, pretty well here. Uh, I think that just about <laughs> does it. <laughs> Definitely. Well, uh, Ryan, um, why don't why don't you let the uh, the listeners know what you got going on uh, for BT Powerhouse? Yeah, so uh, like I said, I'm just working on. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught that earlier, but yeah, I am. Uh, I am Canadian, so I'm, I'm repping here in Windsor, Ontario. Uh, big Michigan fan, so I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be right covering some uh, Michigan recruiting stuff. And uh, actually, a little Canadian tie-in. I will be my next piece for BT Powerhouse, which I'm hoping to have finished up uh, later today, is gonna be on uh, the Canadian pipeline uh, potentially. Uh, now that we see a lot of Canadians popping up in college basketball, so uh, definitely look to check that out sometime this weekend yeah yeah that'll be fun looking forward to it well uh ryan enjoy your weekend and and thanks for jumping on with us yeah no problem anytime thanks for having me (laughs) thanks uh again for everyone that was uh ryan blevins uh he writes for bt powerhouse um a lot of great stuff you know he's, he's sort of new to our to our team but um doing great work for us so far um with that uh That'll end our podcast here for today. Like I said, a little briefer than the last few have been. Um, We'll definitely have something once these NBA decisions shake out. We know all the Big Ten players who are declaring uh, and who are trying to enter. Um, And I'm hoping to get someone on on the NBA side of things so we can kind of chat about, uh, you know, how the prospects are viewed, how they're going to turn out. But uh, that'll be for another date. But other than that, everyone, enjoy your weekends. Um, If we don't get another one, uh, before, uh, well, I'm hoping to before Memorial day, enjoy your Memorial day. But like I said, I, I expect to have another one before that, but, uh, again, I'm Thomas Bendit. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at T Bendit and thanks again, everyone for checking us out.